Welcome to Florida Basketball, I'm Neil Blackman. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk about Florida's 63-51 loss to Florida State Sunday afternoon in at Zach Tech Arena. Obviously, uh, another home loss to an unranked opponent, a, a bad loss, uh, bad coaching, bad execution, at times bad effort, uh, particularly in the second half on the defensive end, uh, bad offense, just a really disappointing performance from a team that, that came into the year number six. Uh, all is not lost, but we're going to get into why this happened, how it happened, what we think uh, needs to change moving forward, and what we'll be looking for in the rest of the non-conference slate. So we will uh, hope that you guys uh, listen and take something from, from today's show. Obviously, uh, disappointing circumstances. Welcome to Florida Basketball Hour. I am Neil Blackman, Saturday Down South. I am joined by Eric Fawcett, GatorCountry.com. We're uh, doing a kind of quick turnaround podcast after uh, another loss to the Seminoles. A really disheartening performance from Florida, I thought, Eric. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot went wrong. And it's kind of hard to know exactly what's the most discouraging. Um, you know, I think for me, it's the second game where now I'm sort of left wondering. I'll, I'll start with this. I'm left wondering if Florida isn't challenging the team enough offensively uh, or if if they're not running the right stuff offensively. But certainly uh, discouraging given – what we expected to be an improved offensive basketball team. Yeah, that would definitely be what discouraged me the most. I, I'd have to say, um, and you know, I'll, I'll I'll be honest, at least with my opinion, I, I don't think they're running the right stuff. I mean, something I mentioned on the last podcast for for people who listen uh, was I thought that if you're going to play dribble drive motion offense against the Seminoles, uh, you know, just to score generally speaking in the dribble drive motion offense, uh, you need to create two advantages per possession to score at least. Um, I thought the chances of them doing that against the Seminoles uh, were pretty low and they certainly did not do that while they were playing that style of, uh, of offense. So um, what was a little bit discouraging for me personally was uh, I thought they went into that game and they, the, the plan was definitely to play the, the dribble drive motion. And I thought that the deck was stacked against them right off the bat because that's uh, the way they were looking to score. I mean, you look at this matchup historically during uh, White's time here at Florida uh, that offense has not worked against the athletes of Florida State. Uh, I think you look at what um, what Florida's team looked like this year. They have offensive strengths, but I don't think playing the dribble drive motion against uh, the Seminoles is one of them. And, uh, you know, I think that there was a there was a good quote. Uh, Thomas Goldcamp, he kind of tweeted it out as well from from Mike White talking about how uh, at this point in the season, early in the season, he hasn't been able to put in a lot of sets uh, offensively. I, I just don't think that's having your team uh, best prepare, prepared to play. I mean, you know your schedule. You know Florida State's your second game of the season. And in my opinion, you should know that the dribble drive motion is not going to work against them. So uh, I feel like they kind of went into this game from an offensive standpoint um, with the, stat, the deck stacked against the players on the court and they weren't maybe put in the best position to succeed. And uh, with that being uh, uh, the case, I obviously don't think that they played particularly well at the offensive end. Uh, really struggled there, and uh, I don't know about you, Neil, but I mean the score was uh, was close at times at the first half, 
uh, it still never really felt to me like the Gators had kind of a handle on it. Like it almost felt like, uh, like it, it, the score felt closer than the game felt. Would you say that's true or, or no? Certainly in the second half, Eric, um, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Look, I mean, Florida got multiple stops to start the second half and just couldn't put the ball in the basket to put any pressure on Florida State. And in fact, I really thought the game was lost in the last five minutes of the first half where Florida plays spectacular defense. Florida State goes five minutes without a field goal at the end of the first half, but uh, really the spectacular defense kind of stopped for the last three minutes of the first half, Eric, and, and Florida fouled too much on straight line drives. FSU had the discipline to not take the jump shots that Florida was trying to surrender. And, and MJ Walker and Raekwon Gray um, did a nice job attacking the basket. And FSU makes 10 free throws. So even though they don't make a field goal, they extend uh, or they break a tie game or a game that was 15-13 Florida with about five minutes to go in the half to 25-21 Florida State at the break without even making a basket. Like, and that just shouldn't happen. Um, and when that happens, some of it is, well, you've got to do better defending straight line drives and fouling. We'll get to that. We're going to get the defense because, you know, for those of you who don't know, like Eric, you know, Eric knows and Eric and I have talked about it, but uh, I, I'm still evolving as an offensive basketball coach. But as, as, as a coach myself, I coordinate defenses. So I, I was pretty mad about Florida's defense in the second half. We'll get to it. Um, I agree with Eric, though. The Gold Camp quote was surprising to me because for two reasons. One, they returned three players that started last year and ran a lot of Princeton and stuff. So, or Princeton-related concepts, we should really say, right, Eric? Um, and so, you know, what is there to install? I mean, Buzz Williams runs the ball screen offense at Virginia Tech. How complicated could it be for Kerry Blackshear? So that's four of your five starters. I, I just don't see the benefit in not installing it, especially when you know you play Florida State. So I would agree with that. And then second, I just don't think that, just from a more bird's eye view, which I'll let Eric discuss in greater detail, but Eric, I don't think it suits Florida's personnel best. Like I think Florida should be running more classic, like low post series Princeton stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I, I really think so. I mean, I think you look at the starting five, and I think you look at your uh, your two best. Well, we'll say we'll say two best players offensively. Uh, one could certainly argue uh, one of these players differently, but I would say uh, let's say two of your most important players: Kerry Blackshear Jr. and your point guard Andrew Nemhart. Uh, does motion offense best fit those guys, their, their skill set? I, I would say no. I don't think the dribble drive motion is the best way to utilize a low post presence. Uh, so I don't. Uh, like, and that was one thing that was talked about by Mike White a lot in the, uh, in the post game. Uh, if you, uh, for those who haven't heard, uh, one of the things that Mike White was most disappointed, he said, oh, we really missed a lot of duckins to, to carry Blackshear. Uh, and what he's talking about is, uh, getting those drives and then dumping it off to, uh, to carry Blackshear and trying to get him the ball that way by, uh, yeah, driving the ball, uh, du- dumping it into carry Blackshear or what you'll hear Mike White say all the time is duckin, uh, which is the, yeah, a good way to put it. So he's like, yeah, we missed duckins. Well, that's true. They didn't miss them, but if you're relying like that, so that is relying on getting dribble drives to then get the ball into carry Blackshear. And, uh, 
to me, is that the best way to use Kerry Blackshear? I, I personally don't think so. Uh, it's a great threat to have him in that position, but is it the best way? I, I'm not sure. And then you look at your point guard, Andrew Nemhart. Is, uh, is it the best, uh, the best position for him to be in a dribble drive offense where if Florida State knows he's trying to get the ball moving side to side, uh, so they just really press, pressure those passing lanes and make Andrew Nemhart go one-on-one? Uh, I, I don't think so. I also thought that there were some possessions where the ball did get moving and then it got into a prime scoring position on the weak side of the floor with the floor space and that person with the ball was Noah Locke. Noah Locke, not really a guy who was uh, uh, great at attacking closeouts and getting into the paint and finishing. Not, uh, so uh, I, I still look at Florida's kind of main personnel, and I, I just don't see the dribble drive motion as, as being the best. Uh, I think that last year, I know the personnel is a lot different last year than or this year than last year, um, with uh, other than the kind of sophomores. Uh, but I, I still think that we saw last year uh, that. Uh, that the Princeton offense was, was the best for this team, something a little more structured. And, and I, you know what, like Mike White said, he wants to get more into these sets a little bit. He just didn't have them ready for this game, which uh, I do think it was a mistake, but uh, yeah, that's my way of saying, yeah, I do not think that the dribble drive motion is best for this team. And uh, I, yeah, I don't think it's best for, for some of their main personnel. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think it is either. And I still think that Florida can execute it a lot better than they did today, but you know, the question of like, well, we didn't execute it can be a little deceiving when, when really the broader question should be asked as to whether that's what you should be running to begin with. And like, I thought Florida didn't wait on down screens enough when they, when they did ball screen, there was way too much space between screens and cutters, Eric. So that's kind of like what people perceive is like the lack of movement it is like, it's just lazy spacing. Um, Cause the cutters aren't, closer to the screener, right? So you don't force defenders to make choices. Um, so it's easy for Florida State to kind of react to that stuff. Uh, I mean, that was one problem I saw in the half court with just like, how would I defend that? Uh, Florida's ball screen angles were, were bad, to be quite honest. Uh, their basket cuts were bad. Um, so I don't know, like, it was just really discouraging. And then on top of that, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I just think that there's, there's offenses and offensive concepts that they, that we know that they can run that, that would seem to, to exploit having a guy like Kerry Blackshear on your team. Um, and that might compensate for the, like the lack of athleticism of Noah Locke, uh, at least in terms of winning the one-on-ones. I mean, you said it perfectly at the end of the last podcast, like there's certain things you have to win to run motion. And I'm not sure that Florida has enough of those guys or that that they have enough of those guys that are old enough yet, Eric, which also probably means they should have had those screen, those sets ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think like, uh, like I mentioned, I, I think to score in motion, you need multiple advantages created every possession. Uh, and it, and like you were mentioning uh, with all these things that kind of went wrong a little bit with spacing, with screen angles. Uh, if one of those things are off, uh, you ruin one of your advantages if you have it, and you need to string together multiple advantages if you want to score. You need to uh, get a, get one man driving towards the hoop with a defender on his hip so that help comes, so that a pass can come to the open man. Uh, he's going to attack a closeout. He's going to duck it into uh, uh, to carry Blackshear. Uh, that's kind of how things have to go. So you need multiple kind of things to, to go right and, and break your way. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting because as much as it is a simple uh, you know, it's one, it's one of those things, like a lot of things in life. I mean, if, it, if it's simple, it's got to be executed perfectly. And if it's not, uh, then you've got people on Twitter saying, like, 
who are like legitimately convinced that Florida doesn't have an offense, which is, uh, which is definitely not true. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, I, I could see to someone who maybe doesn't know basketball super well, how it uh, could, could look like that a little bit, just because, uh, uh, Florida state was, well, the, I mean, let's look at the matchups too. Leonard Hamilton, who obviously went on Twitter and trolled Mike white afterwards. Uh, <laughs> he's got to feel pretty good because he knows what Florida has been coming into every single year offensively. And his team is absolutely perfectly suited to stop it, which really sucks when your in-state rival happens to be like the worst possible matchup for, well, what you're trying to do but at the same time it might be an indication that yeah what you're trying to do just uh might not be the best for your personnel right now yeah i mean look uh, uh, when, when we say motion offense you know there's a bunch of different types of of ways to do it but but in any of them um you know the idea generally is that that each player kind of has an equal opportunity to score or shoot um, and so the one thing I'll say about that, that's kind of interesting is like, I don't know if that's something that that kind of equal opportunity concept even fits broad picture with what Florida's personnel are. Like, it's almost like some sort of set line offense might just be better, Eric, because, uh, kind of like you do in the NBA, like <laughs> you want to make sure that you're your best players and your best scorers get the most shots and the most possessions. And you want to put them in the best positions in those shots. And Florida doesn't necessarily do that. Like if you end a game saying, Oh, well we missed a bunch of duck ins and your best player. Uh, I don't think he made a field goal. He did not know all his okay. points from the stripe. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you get the point of what I'm saying and that's, that's a, that's a problem. And I think, you know, look, I mean, we wanted. We thought, okay, Kerry Blackshear's here. They got this. They got Trey Mann. They got extra guys that kind of create. Nimhart will take a jump. Um, none of that came to fruition today. So Florida, you know, suffers its sixth straight loss and and really a frustrating one. It was a sold out building. Um, and and this Florida State team, you know, came into Gainesville zero and one and had lost seventy percent of its scoring from a year ago. So really felt like this was the chance for Florida to break the streak and, uh, and they don't do it. Yeah. I mean, this is something that uh, it, it was obvious to some people who kind of heard it coming in. Some people saw it on Twitter after the game, but I mean, yeah, Florida state lost, lost to Pitt, who it is not like particularly good and Pitt not lost to Nichols. So yep. uh, Nichols university beats Pitt who beats Florida state, who beats, oh. <laughs> who beats Florida, which I know is not an exact way. Well, you oh. know what? I, I, I was saying that uh, to some people and they were like, you know, that's really not fair. And I was like, I understand what you're saying about that not being fair, but you know what that, you know, who looks at it that way, the net rankings, <sighs> like, yeah. the, the, like, so, so I know some people like uh, we're going to say that and some people are going to say like, well, that's not really fair to say. And I actually agree that it's not a fair way to look at it, but the net ranking looks at it. So, uh, so it really was a rough home loss. So, um, uh, I, I think, you know, so I kind of said my piece a little bit how I d did think that uh, the players were not maybe put in the best position to uh, to succeed by Mike White offensively. Uh, just the way that this uh, this matchup with uh, Florida State has gone historically. Um, I personally didn't think that uh, uh, that I, I think you should have known that motion offense and the, the dribble drive was just not going to get it done against this Florida State team. So uh, that is that was my problem with the way that uh, that White coached tonight. Um, I actually quite liked his rotation so that he shortened his bench. I like that, but I was not particularly happy coming into the game without 
a lot of sets. Uh, I'm interested just because a lot of people are obviously not very happy with White. Um, I'm just curious your thoughts, Neil, on uh, yeah, just, uh, just on, on Coach White tonight. Uh, what you uh, if you want to defend him, if you want to say what he did wrong, just what are your kind of what are your White thoughts at this at this very moment? Well, I mean, I have a few. Um, let me just start with with the obvious. I think I think in our close of the year, like like our year in review podcast, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and figure out what it is, which one it was. But it was one of the ones right after the NCAA tournament. And I said, you know, culturally, I wanted Florida to win on their home floor against teams that I felt like they should beat on their home floor. And that was like job A. So I think not being prepared for the Florida State defense and brand of defense that's given this program such fits the last couple of years, um, you know, it's extremely disappointing to me. Uh, I thought it's, I thought it's just, just very bad. Um, and so, you know, that it's, it is, it's upsetting. I think anybody that has listened to our podcast can tell that there's some uh, disappointment in our voices. Uh, it was, is a frustrating loss in, in that regard. Um, I thought Florida's rotations were pretty good. I don't know what the deal was with Dante Bassett. I don't know if anything was said after the game, if he was hurt. Uh, it's a weird game for him to be a DNP coach's DNP, if that's what it was. Uh, because his toughness and his physicality are more valuable to me than a couple minutes of Jason DeTobo not getting called for fouls he's committing. Um, <laughs> You know, that's just kind of my take on that. Uh, I do think he needs to reevaluate his starting lineup. I don't want to get into that quite yet. Um, and then I thought, you know, I, I kind of thought Florida got stuck a little bit. Like I said, I feel like it was weird because Florida was only down four at the break, and I felt like they kind of lost this game in the first half like because they were defending at such a high level early in the game. And I, I would have liked to see an adjustment. Call a timeout. Use your timeouts. You know, hey, here's what they're doing. Here's how we're going to attack it. Hey, here's how we're going to emphasize getting the ball to my best player that we spent so much time and energy getting to come to Florida. So disappointing night for Coach White. Is there something defensible? Here's one. Uh, this is what I could think about walking back to uh, my hotel in Gainesville. And I'll throw this out to Eric. Um, people wanted this staff to flip this roster after last season. They said, oh, well, they went 20 and 15. It's time to reset. It's time to flip the roster. So they did, right? Um, I mean, essentially, it's eight new players, right? Uh, and now people want them to play beautifully in the second game. And, you know, obviously, if you've been on social media, if you've been on the Gator Country message boards, if you've been to the 24-7 ones or even darker, Eric, <laughs> uh, it's a dark place right now. People are mad. Uh, I got people that, people that I talk to a lot about basketball asking me, you know, hey, are Florida fans really serious? Yeah, I think some of them actually do want Mike White fired. Um, you know, I, I believe what they're typing. I don't believe that they're just angry. So, no, uh, Mike White's not getting fired. He just signed an extension. But we don't fire people for losing the second game of the season in November. That said, Eric, you know, he's lost all five games to Florida State. I, I agree with you. I feel like the last three haven't even been competitive because uh, this, this game certainly wasn't competitive after the first media timeout in the second half. 
Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't see a team that was prepared to play tonight, which was the most disappointing thing. Uh, yeah, a couple things. Yeah, I, I think, like you mentioned, I think Dante Bassett deserves getting into the game. And I also thought uh, Omar Payne could, like, he was productive in his small amount of minutes, and some people were calling for him yet more. But at the same time, uh, once again, if you are committed to the dribble drive motion, uh, you kind of need to have be a little smaller and have some more playmakers. And that's where the two bigs don't don't work quite as well. So he was kind of stuck there. Uh, you actually made a great point that I wanted to bring up and forgot, and that was... Uh, uh, maybe not using your timeouts as much, especially in the first half. Um, I will use this opportunity to plug my article that I wrote a few months ago uh, about timeout strategy and Florida's timeout strategy and effectiveness. Uh, my study showed that uh, essentially saving your timeouts for the end of the game is incredibly overrated uh, and using your timeouts to stop runs and using them in the, the body of the game and not the end uh, is very, very useful. And uh, once again, I mean, you know, saving your timeouts for this what ultimately ended up being a, a double digit game. I, I just would have rather uh, use them early and Hey, if it gets to a close game and you don't have timeouts later in the game, you know what happens more than not in basketball. When you want a timeout, the other, the other coach wants a timeout as well. So he's probably going to call one. So uh, especially in the NBA where you can't advance the ball, like in uh, in FIBA basketball or in the NBA, uh, I would have loved to have seen timeouts earlier, but it is something that, you know, I looked at the time of every single timeout Florida used last year. Uh, did not ever use more than kind of one in the, the, the first half. I, I would have loved to have used, uh, yeah, just, just hoarding, hoarding timeouts uh, is not a strategy I personally like from my study. Um, and uh, you know what? Uh, my, one of my kind of defenses of, of Mike White, I would say, uh, I, I really think that it's unfair. Hey, this style of basketball Florida plays is uh, not the easiest on the eyes, and therefore I hate it more. Like if Florida had the, or if Mike White had the identical record, that, that he's been putting up at Florida. Um, but you know what? I would say Florida, if you look at kind of the rankings, every year has been, I would say, roughly a top 15 defensive team and around, you know, 45, 50 offensively. If you reverse that and said Florida was a top 15 team and a 50-ish team defensively, uh, people would, I feel like people would be less mad just because that style is aesthetically pleasing. But I don't think that's necessarily fair. Like, I still think the results for Mike White have not been anywhere near as bad as his haters think they are. I, I still think he's, I still think he's on a good trajectory. I still am definitely a believer. I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely do not want him to get fired. I really love uh, Mike White. I, um, as a person, I think he's an excellent defensive coach. I think he's an excellent recruiter. If you're good at those two things, uh, I think the offense can come. And I really like the assistance that uh, that White has put together. Um, I think things are on a good trajectory. I know some people are going to adamantly disagree with me and that is totally fair, especially after a game like this. Uh, but I just, I just would caution people who say, Hey, this offense is ugly to my eyes. Uh, that's, that's why I don't like Mike white. I mean, I just don't think that's necessarily fair. Cause there's a whole lot of teams. Like, uh, if you go look at, go look at Nebraska, go look at Iowa. These are teams that have actually put up really good uh, offensive teams these last few years and poor defensive teams. And where are they? Like, I mean, those teams are irrelevant missing the Nebraska's missing the NCAA tournament. They've had better offenses in Florida recently. So, but, but I feel like if they, people would be like, Oh, I wish we could get into the top 30 of Ken Palm's offense, but uh, you know what? There, there's teams that do that and they, they still don't win. So, uh, but yeah, uh, great point about the timeouts. I would have loved to have seen those <laughs> used differently. Yeah. I mean, I really thought Leonard Hamilton was masterful at his today, actually <laughs> like, I felt like on a, I think I tweeted about one of them, like just it was a brilliant timeout came right after our Keontae Johnson dunk it seemed kind of innocuous. Like 
there was a Keontae Johnson dunk, and then Florida got a stop, and then Florida actually missed a jump shot, and Hamilton called a timeout. And I was like, oh, it's interesting. And it was just because like Florida State had had two bad possessions, and Florida had made a dunk, and he was like, enough. I don't want more bad possessions. Just that kind of stuff. I, you know, Florida cuts it to nine in the second half at one point. Timeout. Like, I'm not going to give this building any life. You know, I think that kind of stuff is smart. So I, I'm with you on that. I, I, as to, you know, why, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, this is discouraging. It's also a young team that lost a game in November. I'm mad about how it happened. Uh, I'm disappointed about how it happened. Uh, I would say that when Tony Bennett was 42, he, his fourth year at Virginia, he went to the NIT. You know, um, I don't know how Twitter was in 2012, 2013. <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, I'm sure – I don't know if Virginia Twitter was on fire. I'm sure there was a game that year, that NIT year, where they were. Uh, so sometimes you can kind of rally from these sorts of things and, and come back together and come out stronger. You saw that with a young Kentucky team last year. They got their doors blown off on opening night. Uh, played really well after that uh, for at least a few weeks. Um, we heard, if you haven't heard Keontae Johnson saying that they kind of let the hype get to them. Uh, oh yeah. We started believing stuff, you know, it sounded like at least one of the team's leaders had a real wake up call. I hope that Andrew Nimhart had one too. Everybody knows that we kind of stand for Keontae and, and Andrew on this, this pod, but a really tough day for Andrew Nimhart. Yeah, I mean, he's another guy who I, I think was put in a position not to succeed necessarily. I just, yep. he, he's stuck in a position where, I, like, even there, like, there were times where, like I said, I mean, Florida, Florida State's denying passing lanes to the wing and saying, hey, Andrew, you're going to need to go one on one here against one of our really good defenders. Even, even I would have probably preferred Trey Mann in that position, let him handle the ball. He's better one on one probably than Andrew Nemhart. So, I probably would have liked that. So, uh, yeah, tough game for for Nemhart, but uh, I, I, it doesn't really change my opinion about him just because. Sure. Yeah, uh, did did I know he's not great at going one on one? Uh, I I was aware of that, and you know this confirmed it. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. But like you talked about, Keontae Johnson, I, I like he didn't seem broken in the uh, in the post game, and neither did Kerry Blackshear. So I, I think that it's something that they can rally from. I don't think, like, I'm sure that they're very, very upset, but I don't think it broke their spirit. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see how uh, when someone pointed out that Keontae Johnson said that about uh, believing the hype, I mean, Mike White was, he's I, maybe furious is the wrong word, but he was none too stoked that, uh, not that Keontae Johnson said that, I, I, but just the fact that, uh, uh, you know, the, the fact that he thought his team uh, maybe believed some of the hype. Um, he didn't. He didn't really like that for sure. So I thought that was a, that was also an interesting moment from uh, from the post game. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that the Klatsky family was here and and um, staying at the hotel that I'm at, and so I just as I just ran into to the Klatskys and Scotty Lewis after the game, offered a word of encouragement, and Scotty uh, kind of very kind of he. I think he forced a smile, but but he said. Uh, he said that was unacceptable. And so I, you know, I didn't really say anything back because what do you say to that? <laughs> it's right. Just, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he said that and Brian Klatsky kind of said, 
you know, you got days like that and you learn from it. Yeah, like immediately responded to what Scotty said to me. So I think that's kind of what, what you do. I mean, you, you, you move forward. I mean, Florida's not going to quit because they lost their sixth straight game to Florida state, <laughs> you know, they're going to, they're going to go play Towson on Thursday and they're going to go to the Charleston classic. They're going to go play UConn in a, in a week or two here. So uh, there is that I, look, uh, Billy Donovan was 12 and seven in this game, you know, his, he had a national championship team that lost to Florida State and Leonard Hamilton. It happens. Uh, it, it's discouraging how it wasn't that competitive. And, and I'm not going to get out of here, Eric, without talking about the defense in the second half. Um, so we'll go there. Florida got the first two stops, but FSU, uh, 1.1 points per possession in the second half. Uh, Florida cut it to six. And then Raekwon Gray hit like a dagger three because Noah Locke got caught on, on a switch. Um, we had another three that they made where Omar Payne just got totally lost. Um, FSU made four threes in the, in the second half after going one of nine in the first half. Uh, the four threes that they made were all quote unquote uncontested three point jump shots. Uh, at least three of them, Eric were, like uncontested in the sense that no one was within four or five feet of shooters. Uh, when you're struggling to score, you can't let that happen. Um, so I think I just thought Florida's defense in the second half was poor um, with the exception of a couple players. And, and the one that I wanted to talk about because Noah Locke had so much trouble defensively in this game as well as obviously going one for 11 from the field and missing several open three point shots. Um, was Scotty Lewis. Because I feel like this was a game where you saw that Scotty's athleticism and his ability to play you know, defense are going to help Florida this season. It's pretty obvious. Maybe they're comfortable with 22 minutes from Scotty off the bench. You know, That's a lot of minutes for a bench player. Uh, it's more than half the game on the floor. But for me, Eric, and, and this might just be, oh, there goes Neil obsessed with defense again. And, and that's fine. Y'all can think that if you want, that's okay. Um, but if Florida's going to struggle against straight line drives, if Florida's going to have bad rotations, if Florida's going to have lazy closeouts, then I think Scotty Lewis should start over Noah Locke and, and bring Noah in off the bench for offense. Oh, there's an interesting take. I, I was expecting man to come just because man uh, does profile for as such a perfect six man. But um you know what? Like, uh, I do think Noah Locke's a pretty good defender, but uh, like, he's a uh, he's a solid he's a solid defender. Usually, 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 yeah. Usually, uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, if he's going to uh, going to have shooting nights like this, uh, he, he, he's probably not a good enough defender to make up for a shooting night like to like today. So uh, yeah, I, I think too. Like, I, I'm going to say I'm going to comment on something that I could be totally wrong about. Uh, just because it's it's tough to say not being you know on the floor, uh, but I did think there was some serious lacks of communication, uh, which I, I I could be totally wrong because you know it's I, I'm watching the broadcast I don't hear every word out of every player's mouth. Obviously. No, you're you're right but, by the uh, way, from um, what, thought, at least from where I sat. Yeah, and I mean I I just Scotty Lewis was not one of the guys that I thought because I I yeah I mean you can just like you can see people talk on the floor sometimes. Scotty Lewis was doing that. Uh, some other players, I mean, there was a couple times where they doubled down on the post. Uh, and, and I don't know, some people were not on the same page and that led to some open threes because uh, there was a double down in the post. 
Uh, one person rotated, the other two guys didn't, and seemed like they were supposed to be sticky on their man. Miscommunication there, um, open jump shot. There, there just def- definitely seemed to be lapses communication. Uh, I, I thought I could see that Scotty was communicating well, and uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I definitely think you know White's never been shy about shaking up his starting lineup after a performance like this, and. Um, and I mean, it wasn't like this starting lineup aspired maybe a ton of confidence even against North Florida. <laughs> so I, I would I would say that probably a change is coming. And uh, yeah, I think that would be a that would be an interesting one to go. Uh, uh, like I mean, against Florida State, this is going to be shown even more. But I mean, when you've got Andrew Nemhard and Noah Locke in the backcourt together, that would you know at the high major level, that's a less athletic backcourt than average. Yep. Yep. perhaps maybe the lowest uh, in the lowest tier i won't say the most on that like that wouldn't be correct but you know a lower tier athletic uh group but i mean if you suddenly go uh you know trey man and andrew nemhart that that really changes that with with scotty lewis out there uh yeah i yeah I, i'm gonna say we're probably gonna see a different starting lineup on, against Towson. i say that with no inside knowledge just based off um white being uh usually willing to shake it up and, and after these performances so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see if it's the one that uh, uh that you're hoping for yeah, and the the other point I bullet point I wrote down was, and we've kind of discussed how this happened a little bit, but uh, I did think Florida allowed FSU to kind of dictate tempo with their defense, um, especially with their with their two two one that it kind of they kind of dropped off that in the second half a little bit, but in the first half when they would show that two two one pressure, I thought Florida was kind of slow getting the ball up and attacking it. I, I even uh, texted Eric at halftime. Hey, we should probably go faster with that <laughs> <laughs> against that uh, against that two two one. And really, FSU didn't show it as much. But I kind of feel like it's one of those deals where we talked about it on the preview, right? Like we said, look, that's how they dictate the game. That's how they that's how they dictate tempo. Um, and and it's really what happened to Florida, particularly in the first half. Yeah, I, that could definitely have been something they weren't prepared for. I mean, I was a little bit surprised to see it from Florida State. I uh, don't think we saw it a ton from them last year. So, right. Uh, but I, I think it was a while. You know what? I, people aren't going to be very happy with us, you know, praising Leonard Hamilton versus timeouts and now and now what I'm about to say. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think you look at the numbers and you say, like, uh, you know, if Florida in the half court, if this becomes a true half court game, we like our chances uh, again with our defense against Florida's half court offense. Uh, let's play this kind of press that. Uh, make sure they can't run any kind of early offense things, can't get any quick looks. And, uh, yeah, it turned into a really good defensive effort for for Florida State, for sure, that uh, uh, left Leonard Hamilton happy enough to go uh, get trolling on uh, Twitter, which, uh, to my knowledge, would be the first time he's ever done that. Uh, he also deleted the tweet qu- fairly quickly, so uh, there's that. But, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> they, def- they definitely dictated tempo. And, I mean, it, it, the slower, the, the more, like uh, – the more this game was kind of played in the trenches, uh, the more any game is, I think it usually benefits the bigger, more athletic team. And uh, that, that was the case today. Yep. It's a, it's a thing that we worry about and, you know, kind of a, a thing that they came back to bite the, uh, the Gators tonight. I had, I wanted to do a couple of listener questions before we go. I don't think sure. there's, there's not a, a ton more to talk about in terms of like, you know, X's and O's, I guess, but, but, uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out where to start. I'll just read some tweets that were sent for people's thoughts. Uh, Brian Rosen had a good one. Said, big picture doesn't matter very much. Have to, it's, it's 
I'm fortunate to have a sold-out crowd and excitement and lay yet another egg against FSU. It's disappointing to say the least. The noise about White will get louder if they don't bounce back from this quickly. That's true. Um, although, again, I, I really don't think Mike White's going anywhere, but I, I get it. Um, I get the people are, are upset about that. Uh, Sean Cooper says, this could define a season for the simple fact the last two years we've been pummeled against Florida State. It's pretty much defined our season from that point on. This one also matters to the fans to actually beat Florida's rivals. Uh, look, Florida State isn't Florida's biggest basketball rival. And, I, again, I don't think a game, a non-conference game in November defines their season. But I'm, I'm reading these because just kind of a sampling of how people are really frustrated. Uh, Anthony Pacino, good tweet. Takeaway, if you're not hitting threes, don't take them. Uh, at some point, they have to tell Noah not to shoot. Keontae slashing to the basket was positive. Inside work, physical contact looks key for this team. He did. He did. He also had four turnovers, Eric. Yeah, uh, some tough ones. Uh, I, I'm also, uh, in regards to the threes being taken, uh, I, I'm going to do another. <laughs> I, I did this back when Florida lost to Michigan in the NCAA tournament, uh, and I went back and looked at all their uh, expected shot values based on uh, the shots they took and kind of showed that uh, it wasn't like they were just missing shots against Michigan. They actually just took a lot of bad shots, and they're – Low point total is what's going to be expected. Uh, so I'm going to do that again for Florida State. Really, uh, really get into it. Uh, get some really exact numbers for each shot from each, pos- nice. each position, whether it's guarded, whether it's off the dribble, all that. And I'm going to see if uh, these were good shots that were t- taken that were, you know, just happened to spill out or uh, uh, or, yeah, if they were just bad shots that uh, shouldn't have been taken. So uh, in regards to uh, the, the number of threes and whether they should have not been taken, uh, you, uh, I'll have an answer after I do that research. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, good one from uh, at Gators1205, Gator1 on Twitter. Five field goal attempts for Blackshirt only is mind-numbing. Looking forward to the pod as usual. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of one point. Like, I, I just really felt like he'd be kind of the fulcrum of the offense. And, again, uh, certainly wasn't today on a day where that seems like it would have made sense, especially because when he did get the ball, he got to the – to the foul line what 11 times or 10 times it's a lot um so uh uh oh you there yep okay i thought i oh it's okay i thought i lost you um yeah i mean we've got okay here michael pusatera this is the one i wanted to do since i read a bunch now but let's do this one uh, Michael says, all right, Florida basketball taught me off the ledge. All the talk of an improved culture seems silly. The offense looked worse than last year. The defense has been terrible in all three games. Should we radically alter our expectations? Eric? Uh, no, not, not – I, I don't believe so. Like, like once again, uh, this isn't football. One loss doesn't sink you. Um, one loss is not like ten. Per- one game is not like ten percent of your season. Like I, I do understand this isn't just. I'm not going to say, oh, this is just another game, another opponent, whatever. I know it matters more for intangible reasons, and also because uh, I tr- truly believe that you know Florida. Well, I don't believe I know Florida State lost to Pittsburgh, who lost to uh, Nichols, and therefore this is going to be a very bad net situation for the Gators. So it, it, do, it does matter, but in, in the scheme of things, Florida could have a tremendous season, and it really does matter what Florida's doing in January, February, March, a lot more than uh, these first games in, uh, in, in November, which obviously have not gone wrong. And, is, and if people do kind of think like, wow, this does kind of change 
you know, maybe I don't think this is a final four team. Maybe it's a sweet 16 ish kind of team. You know what? That That's fair. If you think that, and there's going to be uh, lots of games for me to be wrong or you to be wrong, or uh, we'll see. Uh, these things are pretty fluid and, uh, inter- and, and commenting on culture. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with the culture. I thought these, I, I did think these guys competed really strong. I know a lot of people said that this team looked like they weren't, weren't giving the right amount of effort, weren't fighting hard enough. Uh, I, I know that there were some defensive lapses, but I do think a lot of this was, was scheme and, and execution kind of errors and, you know, missing shots, stuff like that. But I don't think it was a lack of effort or want or whatever word you like to use. So uh, I, I will not say that the, anything is wrong with the culture. That will not be uh, one of my critiques of, of this game or the start of the season. Yeah, I'm not going to get into, I, you know, I don't think that any of this cultural critique stuff is like, like, like I said, I saw what I saw today at a hotel was a freshman who very quickly declared that that was unacceptable. Like, you know, he wasn't headed out to, to go party with his buddies. <laughs> you know, um, he was with family and they were sullen and because and, the Klatskis are family to Scotty Lewis from what I understand. So anyway, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, like Keontae Johnson seemed like him and Kerry Blackshear seemed like they were ready to, to get back to work and practice. We know what kind of kid Andrew Nimhart is. Um, you know, it's got to be frustrating. They said all the right things coming in and then just really didn't play well. And I don't think we're particularly coached well. Uh, you know, I don't think they were coached well in many facets of the game today. Uh, they seemed like they had a pretty good defensive plan, but I was not sad. At, you shouldn't give up 1.1 a possession to, to FSU at home. Um, when they're replacing seventy percent of their offense, yeah, that'll be another thing for my uh, my next watch of the game to kind of look a little bit more into the defense because there's definitely some uh, <laughs> some lapses in the second half. Some of which I was not, um, you know, some lapses happen so quickly and so like you, there's yeah. a shooter open before you even notice what happened. So that'll be definitely a second uh, a, a second watch for me. But uh, uh, yeah, it was in, you know, that was something Keontae Johnson kept talking about. He's like, yeah, Monday we're going to get in the film room. And that's just like, man, man after my own heart. So uh, just looking forward to them watching film. And uh, uh, I'm really interested to see what happens uh, against Towson, whether they try to get in the, get some offensive sets uh, kind of mixed in, or maybe they don't want to get those in there because they don't want it to be scouted. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, after a game like this, I'm just very happy to know the guys are excited to get, to get into practice. So are the coaching staff. Uh, and I'm just, I'm ready for another game. I'm ready for, uh, ready for a clean palette in another game. Yep. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's, that's all we're going to do today. Um, I will do about a 10 to 15 minute show that I'll post where I talk about Towson a little bit. Uh, quite honestly, haven't looked at them much. Uh, you know anything about Towson? You want to add for the listeners? Oh no, they. I, I mean, I did my. Uh, I did an article just about the best players Florida was going to face this year. Um, definitely wanted to, especially get some shine on some of the mid-major guys that uh, maybe don't have the national spotlight. So, uh, uh, Towson did not have one of those players. <laughs> so uh, they they uh, they do not forecast to be particularly good. So uh, I don't have anything. Uh, uh, yeah, that's my way of saying I, I do not think that it's. Uh, particularly interesting team. I don't think they're anywhere near as good as even uh, North Florida. And uh, hopefully this is just the chance to, uh, uh, to get things going a little, uh, a little more crisply, uh, especially on the offensive end, uh, but definitely on the defense as well. Yep. Uh, you know, I definitely think, uh, you know, obviously Florida 
needs to build some confidence before they head out on the road. Uh, big game next weekend. Like, got to go to stores, play in UConn, and then head to Charleston. So there's really not much time to pout. And we're going to learn a lot about this team uh, in the next couple weeks. So like, like Eric and I said, previewing the game, I, I mean, I picked Florida State to win. Um, I, I was kind of half serious, but I also like part of me was worried about this defense and that athleticism and still wondering if Florida had kind of made up that deficit enough. And, and uh, that part of me ended up being correct. And look, if you're going to, I still think this team in terms of big picture, Michael, I would say, you know, this team still has, has plenty of a plenty high ceiling and uh, I wouldn't radically alter your expectations just yet. I, I would say that, you know, they need to play better in November because the non-conference part of the schedule is important. We learned that from a seeding aspect. It's not just enough to play good teams. You have to beat some of them. So um, that's kind of my parting shot. Thanks, everybody, for for uh, listening. And, and Eric and I will be uh, back with you after uh, happier times against Towson.